You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode... We've got a fab rat in Fab Facts. We're moving into building refurbishment in the randomizer. And we're putting a feather in our cap with a world premiere. That's all coming up in part 262... Of the Jerry Anderson Podcast! Let's see you clap along. <laughs> That's it. Come on, a bit of audience participation. But do try to keep it Let's time. go. And sing along if you know the words. The Jamie Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. And Chris Dale. Well, it's Here about time. Yeah, it's just how about many? Time. How many weeks is this? Chris Dale is mentioned yeah. in the opening titles. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we've been thinking about it for a while. So sorry, Chris. Yes. Please forgive us. Quite all right. It's um, official now. I don't know if you've noticed, but there seem to be a few people watching us, oh and that's God. because we're live at the National Space Centre in Leicester. <laughs> yes, last time we were here was sort of four years ago, I think. Yes, before everything changed. Yes, we did a mm. podcast then. Uh, can I just ask, how many of you here, a show of hands, please, if you are regular listeners to the Jerry Anderson podcast? Okay, if you're not, I apologise now. <laughs> you may or may not understand a lot of what's going to happen in the next hour or so, but we hope it'll be fun anyway. We can't guarantee that, but we will no. do our best for yes, you. Uh, now, can I just give everyone a small warning that we will be slightly deviating from the usual podcast format. Slightly deviant. That's not the change, though. And I know there's been talk about the change. We'll talk about the change later. But the minor alteration here is the order in which you will experience this podcast. Now, in the style, Richard, since we're at the Space oh, Centre. No. Oh, not live in front of all these people. Of a NASA launch operator, would you please prime our potsterons for the upcoming procedures that we'll be finding in the Jerry Anson podcast, episode 262. I'm trying to pad to give you time no, to ready. think about I'm it. Ready. You're ready. ready. Off you go. Step by Capcom. We have Fat Facts as go in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Fat Facts is go. Step by Jerry Anderson. News, 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 news. Is go in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What's next? The thing. The change. Uh, the stand by Capcom, notification of change. Notification of change. We have the randomizer coming up with Chris Dale. And then we have something rather special that I'm not even going to mention even now. No, we can't tell you what the special thing is, but it will be worth your while to hang it. Well, actually, no, we can't guarantee that. We'll try to make it worth your while yeah. to stay around until the very end. Yeah. Uh, in theory, it's worth hanging around for. In practice, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, it does involve a rather special guest. It does. Who is not in the room yet. No. Our special guest is busy elsewhere in the building, mm. but will be joining us, hopefully in time, for our world premiere. If they don't join mm. us, we're, we're well, in trouble. Chris and I are going to be very busy if, yes. if, yes. if they don't join us. Yeah, so that's all coming up in the Jerry Anderson podcast. And of course, we have our wonderful podstrons here as well. Uh, Duncan and Roger and Paige and uh, Hannah's here as well. And everyone's here and, and uh, Simpsons Clips and uh, Robert, and everyone. Uh, so many familiar faces. Uh, some of whom I remember their name because you know me. Willow? Uh, Willow's here, of course. Willow's well remembered. Here. I already had a biscuit from Willow's box. Did you? Oh. <laughs> 
You kept that quiet. That's <sighs> quite nice. I'm going to get cancelled. It had a nice flaky bit of rice paper on the top. Uh, branded rice paper. Well done. Well it was, that, yes. yes. But, uh, can I just say... This is not about you and Chris for a moment, but Podstrons, thank you all for coming to join us in Leicester. It's so lovely to see you all and such a lovely energy between you all. I, I, just, yeah. I was saying to somebody earlier, I just love this kind of self-organising, happy group of happy people who just want to come and enjoy this silly gubbins. So uh, said it. thank you for coming to Leicester to see us. Yes, give yourselves a round of applause before you go any further. I mean, so many are in costume and on brand. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Before we move on, because oh. I know you want to delay fan facts yes, as much that's as possible. What I was hoping for, there yeah. was a request. There are many Podstrons who cannot be with us today because they couldn't make it to Leicester. They're international. They're busy. They're doing something more interesting, like washing their hair. Uh, so they are not. They're here. watching Fireball XL5 on Talking Pictures they TV. Are, they are doing just that, and who can blame them? But uh, Podstrons, should we say hello to our absent Podstron friends? Hello. I don't know why I'm waving, but I am. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Very yeah. good. Not camp at all. Uh, now, we are not... Did you just call me camp? No. <laughs> How rude. Uh, now, we're not deviating from the usual format just yet. Right. We are going to do uh, the usual thing, but I still have a little surprise for you. Should yeah. we have a fab fact? Who wants a fab fact? Yay! Well, you've disappointed me. You're outvoted. It's time for fab facts. Now... Time for this week's Fab Facts. Oh, it is. So, sorry. It. Yes, go on then. I forgot, because normally Richard and I would then have a little chat on the recording and then, yes. Yes. Uh, but actually, I'm going to do this. This is live, facts. Jamie. Do you I remember? forgot we're live. Sorry, everyone. Two, how many weeks is it? 260 odd now. We're, yeah. uh, it, we're just well, getting to grips with it. 262 weeks in, and I have sadly forgotten. Uh, my book of fab facts. Yes, it's time for the newsy, newsy, newsy. However, news, news. however, 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 whereas I would normally flick through a book of fab facts, as you know, and Richard would shout fab and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Uh, it's the 21st century now. I don't know if you noticed. Mm, not in this shirt. Uh, <laughs> no, fair enough. Uh, we have developed our very own rather special app. <laughs> right. An APP app. Yes. Uh, it's installed on my phone right yeah. here. Yes. Uh, and that app is called the Fab Rat. But the Fab Rat. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I uh, like it. Which stands for, uh, so it says here, facts as brainwaves recorded and teleported. <laughs> right. I like, I like the sound of that already. Yes. Uh, Good. Kudos to producer Ben for yes. uh, this amazing new initiative. Uh, it essentially works just like Joe90's Big Rat, only it's an app that's right here on my phone. And instead of filling my brain with uh, weird brain patterns, it's oh. going to telepathically send me a fab fact. Oh. I, do you know, so I'm disappointed that you're not going to flick the book and I get to shout fab. Well, uh, I tell you what, though, Richard, would yeah. you like to press my button? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought you'd never ask. Where's the button? Just, just tap anywhere on the screen. Yeah. It's, it's all for go. show. Right, there you, go. you didn't need to do that, but okay. Uh, now, oh, well, that. fantastic. Everyone's going to love this because today's... Uh, oh, there's the sound of the app working. It's, trans it's, it's, it's transmitting into my brain right now. Right. It's very complicated. Yes. Yeah, I'm getting it. It's, yeah. um, oh, yes, I can feel it. It's about where we are right now. In not, the depths of despair, you not mean? The, no. Oh, I see. In the depths of Leicester. In the depths of Leicester. Not about the Space Centre, but about Leicester itself. Okay, this shouldn't take long then. Well, 
What's wrong with Leicester? How no, dare there's you? nothing wrong with Leicester. Lovely Kingbush the third. We want to come back. You know, we want to do this again and again. Cathedral, you're getting us in trouble. Lovely curry houses. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, but not just the home of, of curry houses. Leicester, as all local Potsdrons in particular will know, is the home of the University of Leicester. Did you know that, Potsdrons? Yeah, well, there you go. And that's that's, that's the week's fab fact. No, it's not. Absolutely not. Uh, No, Leicester, uh, University of Leicester. One scholar who formerly taught at the university was Professor Nicholas J. Cole. Anyone know Nicholas? No, blank faces everywhere. Don't worry. It's going well. Me too. Uh, What is the Anderson connection? Well, I'm glad you asked, Richard. Thanks for uh, jumping in there. Uh, In addition to publishing prolifically in the field of public diplomacy... Uh, Professor Cull also published several uh, academic works on film and television, including those of Jerry Anderson. Ah. These include Was Captain Black Really Red? Uh, an essay on the Cold War politics of Captain Scarlet. Oh, uh, he was reading before bed. Absolutely. Yeah. He was also published in an interview with Dad for the 2006 book British Science Fiction Television, A Hitchhiker's Guide. Uh-huh. Uh, and he hosted Dad. Uh, at a Visions of the Future conference in 2003 right here in Leicester. Okay. So there you go. Uh, A mere matter of miles away from where we are right now, almost exactly 20 years ago to the day, Dad was in Leicester talking about his vision for the future. Uh, And now I'm right here with a telepathically induced fab fact. Isn't that amazing? It's quite amazing, yes. It's slightly amazing. Yes. Uh, uh, That's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm happy with that. Short and sweet, yeah. Anything to comment on that? No. I tuned out about 10 minutes ago. So. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. So did the rest of the Podstrons. Uh, that's it, isn't it? Yes. Should we call it to a really awkward end of this week's Fab Fact? Oh. Hang on, oh. here we go. Fab Fact! Oh, that's so difficult to time. It was beautifully done. Yes. We could try it again with the group. Well, can we do a bit better than Fab Fact? Isn't there not Leicester Fact? or A Rat Fact! Rat Fact! Rat fa- so you're going to join us with rap, Rat Fact. Let's have the end of the music again. End of this week's Rap Nice. Wow. Very good. Well done, everyone. Well now, done. Well, well done. done. Spontaneously giving themselves a round of applause. See, this is why we need you guys to be involved, because between the three of us, we've yes. just got no hope. Now, talking of Leicester, Gary, do you mind if I come to you uh, with the mic? Uh, because you gave something to Jamie a little earlier that was signed right here in Leicester, I believe. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it was um, uh, a thing from Lookin, which we got uh, in the 70s. If you wrote into Lookin, you got this little thing, Jamie's got it there. And it was actually signed by Jerry in 2012. Yeah, it was like that. 2012. Uh, probably the last uh, thing like this he did. So I've just given it to Jamie today for the archive of the Anderson Archives. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Gary. And there it is. Lovely. How many of you here met Jerry Anderson at some point? Quite a few of you. Do you mind if I come to you, sir? Come on now. So where did you meet Jerry? Uh, at the opening of uh, Comic Miniatures down in London. Ah. Um, I think I looked at some of my models and he thought they were really cool. Oh, really? Actual fact. He was convinced that Phil Ray was there and they weren't getting on very well. So he, uh, he, he, he said to Tony, can you bring out the guy that's built them? And he uh, walks up the stairs and he said, he's not white, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Make of that what you will. Interesting, Jamie, an example of your dad not getting on with someone. Mm-hmm. 
I don't, I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, not, not documented in any way, shape or form. Uh, in this new item that I'm calling I've Met Jerry, anyone else in the room ever met Jerry Anderson and want to tell us about those circumstances? Yes, Duncan, tell us. That the first time I met him was at uh, Fantasy 82. Um, I'd had no sleep the night before the convention, and on he came on Saturday and uh, on Sunday as well. But he came into uh, the the, uh, the hall where it was packed and started and did a speech, uh, and it was very moving. Uh, because he was starting Terror Hawks. And then I uh, went to the, the queue uh, after that uh, talk and, and got his autograph and said how lovely it was to meet him and shook hands with him. And I was amazed at how quiet he was. He's very shy. shy. I, I think that was part of his charm. Uh, and I just shook hands and said, it's lovely to meet you. And, uh, and then I had, uh, I think the next person I got, the autograph I got was Barry Gray. And that was all right. So I got a nice autograph. So it's just a lovely chance. I met him many times after that, but that was very special. And I asked him, uh, you know, uh, a question at the, in the hall about uh, whether Thunderbirds would be ever be remade. And he said he hoped he would, have, he would, would have something to do with it if it was. And it was just lovely to meet him. And, Thank you, Duncan. Thank you. Fantastic. Now, so, we know that uh, many fans love to meet Jerry, but Jamie, how did Jerry feel about meeting the fans? Uh, he could never really understand why people love the stuff so much. And, that's, and, and uh, you know, I think we all get it. I mean, otherwise, why are you here? Uh, but he, he, it took him a really long time to come to understand that the shows had a profound impact on people in terms of their... Kind of childhood emotions and and what nostalgia really was because I think as we kind of discovered doing the documentary he didn't have any nostalgia he didn't know it was an alien feeling to him so to have people come up and say this meant so much in my childhood he didn't get it for a long time but he he really did appreciate it and was always shocked and surprised that anyone would be saying nice things to him mm. yes I'm always shocked and surprised when people say nice things to me it's very rare. Even Charlotte. <laughs> very rare. Anyone else like to tell us about where and when they met Jerry? Yes. Here we go. Right round here. What the wonders of the roaming mic. Guess up. Hi, it's uh, Steve with three E's. Steve, Steve with three E's, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. Hi. Uh, yeah, so uh, when Jerry was doing his book signing for his autobiography, he came down to sunny Eastbourne. And uh, I got to meet him there. And uh, I think I was probably the only one in the queue who knew who he was. Oh. <laughs> um, the early 90s. Amazing, yeah. I had hair. <laughs> that is amazing. That must have been a long time ago. Well, we all had hair in the early 90s, yeah. Steve. Yeah. Because, of course, he did the famous sort of lecture tour, talk, and evening with Jerry Anderson, didn't he? That was it, yeah. That, that was in theatres. Yeah, it tour, tour around all the place. Did, it, did anyone go to those lecture tours? Yeah, yeah, five ten. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I remember going to to a few in the early days, and they they bring in all the amazing that amazing Fab One model that would go on the stage, and Thunderbird two, and a Jeff Tracy, played Penelope and Parker, and Christine Glanville would be along with it, and it was a lovely little kind of cottage industry lecture tour, just just a sort of four or five of them doing it. It was a great thing. I mean, I hate to say it, it's basically what we're doing now. 
Uh, yes. But just cottage the, industry, the, the, four or five of us. Yeah. Touring the country. A bit more just chaotic. Set out crowds. <laughs> <laughs> Some of whom are quite nice to us and make us biscuits. Yes, thank you for the biscuits. Most of you don't. Yeah? Shame on you. As always next time. <laughs> uh, now, I also, do you want to move on to something, or can I just take some more? You, can, ha- you can have another minute, and then we should do some news. Another minute, yeah. Because uh, I don't know. Yes. Pain. Come and tell us. Yeah. I was just going to say something about, I went to one of Jerry's lecture tours in the 1990s. What amazed me was 90% of the audience was my age. There was a few kids running up and down the aisles in international rescue outfits, but most people were like in their 30s who watched it the first time. Yeah. In their international rescue outfits, in their 30s probably, yeah. That's right, well we do discover, don't we, that it seems to span the generations, and what we love on the podcast is hearing from our listeners on podcast.jerryamson.com. <laughs> Well about done. how they're now introducing their favourite Jerry Anderson series to their children and even their grandchildren. I've seen some of it today, people stopping by the stands and seeing the models and things. And what's that, Mammy? Oh, that's Thunderbird 1, that's Stingray, that's yeah. whatever. And, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Some I'll of them show you that. And some of them are even watching Space Precinct. Some of them. Because. Yeah. Nothing, there's not much wrong with space freezing. Uh, Now, I did also on our Facebook group, if you're on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podsterons and you could join in the fun on our very own Facebook group. And uh, last week or so, I did post that if anyone had any questions that they wanted to bring along to the podcast uh, this afternoon, we could have them read them out live in the room. So does anyone have any questions at hand straight up in the front row? (laughs) It's Simpsons Clips 24. Would you like to stand up or are you happy to season yeah yes of course I'll give you the mic there we go so first off this one is for well this is my only question really but it's to Chris Dale now we know how much you mention Marina in your introductions for Mm. the randomizer but what I'd like to know is do you pay her in fish like they do with sea lions or because of the or because of the cost of living crisis does she have to make do with co-op own brand tins of tuna that is a very good question um she's you know she's a a cultured young lady she's a i don't know if she's a princess as such but you know her father looks like a king so i think she deserves the the better quality stuff so generally we go to waitrose yes yeah right well, as, um, if, can you help me with this? Uh, there we go. Right. Uh, due to non-payment, we will be repossessing your vibro massage unit. Hold on. Uh. Dear Richard, Jamie and Chris. First off, I would like to say a big thank you to Chris Dale for letting me help out with the introduction for Pod231's randomizer, which was on my birthday, incidentally. Now, those who listen to the podcast will know that I am a big fan of Lavender Castle. And being a big fan means that I am full of questions. Here's one of them. I was reading on the internet that when the ultimately unmade second series of Lavender Castle was in post-production, it was to have its CGI... pre-production, rather. It was to have its CGI portions animated in Canada. So my question is, do you think Jerry would have approved of this? And what do you think the said CGI portions would have been like? SIG, Simpsons Clips 24. Well done. Jamie? Uh, well, co- co-production is the name of the game these days. If you want to get anything made, you're going to have to work with lots of other people. 
and Canada is a great hub for all sorts of stuff, including CGI, and they would have done an, an, a marvellous job, and he would have got to fly out to Canada and have a few holidays. So, well, holidays, working holidays, busman's holidays. Uh, so I'm sure it would have looked great, and Rodney's, Rodney Matthews' designs would have looked amazing, I'm sure. It's just a shame that never came to pass, isn't it? There you go. Great. I think we need to move on, don't we? We are. Um, we, sorry, we're I'm, already running over because know, somebody... Uh, has been very busy. Now, uh, we've been talking a lot about... Well, actually, no, you've been talking a lot. I've barely said anything about a change. Oh, coming to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So... Got quite a few people Who's worried. excited for change? And who's sort of... Ooh. Oh, dear. Oh, that's okay, good. Well, let's see if we can put your mind at ease or ruin your entire day yep. in this week's Jerry Anderson News. Here it is. It's Newsy News News News. <laughs> Very nice. Yes, it's the Jerry Anderson Newsy News News News. Brilliant. Uh, Beautifully done. What a lovely chorus. Now, uh, the change. I think we should address the elephant in the room. Uh, After five years and 262 podcasts as of today, it is with a heavy heart that I will sadly be spending more time with Chris and Richard. (laughs) That's true. That must be awful for you. Uh, do you want to explain why we'll be spending more time together? Well, from pod 264, so a couple of pods time, we will no longer just be in your clammy ears every week, but also in your clammy eyes. Which is a horrible image. It's a very horrible I know, image. I regret saying that already. <laughs> and I apologize. There are other better ways you could yes, have handled yes. that. Yeah. So, from, oh, first week in July, you can listen to the podcast wherever you ordinarily listen to it. Please don't worry. It will be there on your podcast app of choice. But if you were to listen to us on YouTube, you will also be able to watch us because we will be coming from a media studio at the Thunderbirds-themed hotel, the Moxie, in Slough. Every week. This means that we will have guests in the studio, including people like um, writer Ronald Moore, uh, Space 1999 Big Finish, and uh, uh, Human and so on, humans. Uh, We have Nigel Planer joining us. We have uh, Anton Phillips from Space 1999, Aisha Bruff from UFO, all sorts of people coming into the studio to sit on our sofa to be interviewed by us. It also means we have the randomizer general himself in the room with the randomizer. Which also means that potentially I could lift any one of those guests off the couch and bring them into the corner to watch episodes of shows they were in. Potentially. Oh, I don't know how you feel about that. but yes. Will Marina be Will in Marina it? Will Marina be in it? We're, we're, negotiations are ongoing. Yes. Yeah. Her agent is notoriously difficult, oh, yeah. so, so we'll have to try. That is the change. I suppose, in a way, there's no change at all. No. If you're listening to the podcast as you're out running or walking the dog or hoovering, you probably won't notice a thing. But if you want to sit down with us for an hour and a half every week, you can watch us from the beginning of July. There we are. Is that okay, everyone? you. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a relief. That was a bit of a worry. We <laughs> thought you were going to go, oh, no, and yes. cover your eyes. I don't want to watch you. I don't yeah. want to see you. Uh, no, it's lovely. And so we're very, very grateful to Chris Thomas and the Moxie Hotel mm. and the Residence mm. Inns for letting us in there. It's going to be rather lovely. Um, and also, just for you, I'm sure, just bear with us while we're getting it all we'll wrong, wrong in the first <laughs> few weeks. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah. I, I'm sure it'll be fine. Though. Of course it will. Uh, now, would you like some other Jerry Anderson news? No, I think oh, I do. No, I've got a little oh, bit anyway, oh, whether on. you like it or not. Right. Uh, those of you waiting for your copies of Space 1999 to everything that was, the graphic novel, mm, the wait is almost over. They are arriving on Friday of this week, the week of release, which is not now when you're listening to it live. So slightly longer for you live listeners. Get it? Not really. Good, okay. And at the end of the month, we've also got coming up a pre-order, Aftershock and Awe. So the reversion of the story of what happened back on Earth when the moon on that fateful day uh, in 1999 blew out of our orbit. So that's very exciting. It's a lovely piece. Uh, we've seen some preview stuff from, uh, from To Everything That Was. It looks gorgeous, beautiful print. Chris Thompson, the marvellous Chris Thompson, has been very, very busy, as you know, with Project 90, with the Joe 90 book, which, you know, whatever you think of Joe, the book is amazing. Watch it. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> Joe sympathizer and uh, it the the pages look absolutely amazing they mm. really really do so uh, that book should be arriving uh, in the UK around the 20th of July so not long to wait there's loads more stuff that's been going on but I feel with the video podcast news and a bit of graphic novel stuff oh isn't actually, there something else a bit before exclusive. July 20th Sorry. we have July 10th to get past Sorry, Chris, my mum's birthday yeah. yes. 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 I you to mention it again. oh well yeah. it be 90 this we'll year. have to do a special live stream event from somewhere to celebrate yes, yes. yeah. No, you're quite right that was not on my news list but we decided just before to give you an exclusive bit of news about Captain Scarlet Day on the 10th of July Chris do you want to tell the lovely Posterons what that news is? I certainly do. Uh, if you've been listening to some of the audio releases that we've been doing, um, we've had some Thunderbirds, we've had some Stingray, haven't had any Captain Scarlet for a while. So the lovely Mr. Wayne Forrester has read a comic strip adaptation of a story from TV21 uh, that I've adapted, and we've just had the finished version in this week. It runs to about 75 minutes. It's all sounding lovely with appropriate music and sound effects on whatever. Um, so, yeah, that will be... Will that be released on July 10th or available for pre-order? Released on subject to um, logistical yes. issues. We're so... We're like 99.5% there, but that'll be coming out. What's it called, Chris? Martian Menace. Ooh, <laughs> yes. There you go. So there's your podcast exclusive, Podstrons. Uh, and I suppose that then is the end of this week's like the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News oh, wait and again oh. I can only apologise if you've never listened to the Jerry Anderson podcast before this is actually happening okay you're not dreaming <laughs> this is all real that's the weird thing now, uh, now time wise we are ooh, running out heading fast for no time left so let's Go to Chris Dale for the randomizer, I think. Nah, I don't feel like it today. Oh, what? Nah, I can't be right. I think you should, Chris. I Because I think it's something I think you'll really like it. Oh, you've chosen it for me. Well, I mean, it's random, of course, but I just there's a feeling in my water that's going to be a really good one for you, and you'll really enjoy it. Okay, because the last two times I've done a live one, it's been torture. I know, and that's why we wouldn't do that to you. We wouldn't do that three times in a row. No, what are the chances of that? Third time's a charm, Chris. I'll go along with that. Right, let's see what we have in store today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the amazing randomizer. Yay. But I have no idea what it is. It's a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> it's a health and safety meeting. Yes. Oh, 
God. I mean, good, right. Well, as you can probably tell, this is not Torchy. It is, in fact, if you turn the page. Thank you. Yes, uh, this is Here Comes Candy, a puppet film produced by Pentagon Films in the mid to late 50s. Current thinking is this wasn't produced by Jerry Anderson. This was, in fact, made after he left to found AP Films. But it's still a good example of the studio's output. Oh, my Here God. Here comes Candy. Here comes... Oh. Oh, is right. Oh, dear, this is always happening. Candy! Oh, hello, everybody. Hi, Candy. What did I have to say? Oh, yes. Coffee black strong. Oh, is he going to be sick? Quite enough bowing. No, he's bowing. Okay. Well, what else did you want to do? Um... I've forgotten. The star of the show, everybody, he doesn't know where he is or what's going on. We're going to make a film about him. Who is brown and furry? Oh, the drugs have kicked in. Who is fat and chubby with a squashed up sort of nose? Who is this little fellow that everybody knows? It's Candy. This is the kind of energy you can only really get when you've spent the night face down in the flower bed. Dear old Candy, the cuddly bear. Awkward silence yeah. as he waits for applause I've after singing, it. and we move on. Yes, especially the bit about you being fat and chubby. <laughs> we can see that's true. Is he still with us? He seems what to have zoned out. Flower bed? Just having a little nap. I had three helpings of dinner. Oh, so my I spirit really animal. Alive and well and on screen. Well, you must be. <laughs> what is that noise? Oh, that's my friend Hoppity. This is his house. I live here with him. He sleeps inside, I sleep in the flower bed. It's a strange arrangement, but it works for us. He makes things and mends them when they break. He's very clever. Well, let's go and see what Hoppet is doing today, shall we? Yes, I'll show you the way. But I warn you, you'll have to cut away before I reach the door. <laughs> Got this music. Hello, Hoppity. You old rascal. My scooter. Oh, hello, Candy. Yes, I fixed that wobbly wheel, and now I'm giving it a nice new coat of paint. Can I bang something, please? Whoa! <laughs> well, this has taken a sudden turn. I'm good at that. No, thank you, Candy. Oh. Not just one little nail, Hoppity. I've banged everything that needs to be banged, Candy. Anyway, I... You know, when the script for your children's puppet film could also be used as the script for a, shall we say, more adult production, a rewrite may be in order. Or you're just being economical, who knows? Oh, um, I'm getting sleepy again. Yes, it has been an action-packed three minutes, hasn't it? I won't be long. And Candy's narcolepsy starts to kick in. Hoppity, this new chair has a dreadfully funny feel. Candy, that's my paint pot you're sitting on. The first colour production from Pentagon Films, everybody. I can hardly wiggle it at all. I can't imagine why Jerry and Arthur Probus would have wanted to leave Pentagon. Now we'll just have to wash all that paint off. Will my fur get wet? Oh, yes, it will. It's your Ooh, own Puppeteer nearly getting in shot there. Yeah. Cuddly bears hate getting their fur wet. Come I've prepared a song about it. Because afterwards I want you to help me put two new chimney pots on the roof. 
but you only have one fireplace. The other day. So good, I can watch you bounce, Hoppity. He can jump nearly as high as a house. There. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the word nearly is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, Candy. <laughs> there. That's all fixed. Candy's no, dead and all's right with the on. world. But, Hoppity, you haven't any chimney pots to fix. I'm waiting for Candy to send one up. Oh, that should only take oh. an hour or two. <laughs> there he goes again. Candy, do stay awake. Yeah, come on, we've all come a long way to see road. you today. So the bucket comes up to me with a chimney pot in it. Was I having a nap? Washing always makes me sleepy. Here comes the bucket, Hoppity. It's in shots like this where you can kind of sense the puppeteer dragging the puppet across the well site. Well pulled, Candy. There. <laughs> That's one fixed. Let the bucket down and send up another one. Crash! Uh, oh my god. No, 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 what's happening? Uh, oh, I know what that means. Oh, I'm glad somebody yes, does. It's Pimpernel's bath. Oh. That's Pimpernel pulling it. I he see. He has golden bells on his harness. Which you can't actually hear, yes, so they're no I use to anybody. So. Why did you even mention it? the bunny babes in the bath. Help oh, us. Please don't stop. If they see Candy working, they'll have to start playing tricks on him. <laughs> Is it my line or yours, Candy? Uh, Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Well, I have a feeling the bunny babes aren't far away. Oh, dear. Well, if you will build a house next to the Playboy Mansion, you're going to get bunny babes. That's just how it is. Oh, my God. They're here. I love how all the other characters have been properly introduced and the bunny babes are just meant to accept them on site. Nobody knows what they are, but they're here. I want another chimney pot. Pull on the rope. I think Candy has already been strangled by his own strings. Oh, no, he's still with us. This week on Lack of Peripheral Vision Playhouse. Someone is playing a on you. Thank you, Candy. We'll soon... Candy, there isn't a chimney pot in it. It's still on the ground. I thought you wanted to help. Candy, mind where you put your feet. Candy, oh, the chimney pot. I Candy, no, I oh, forget was it. helping. That's a funny thing. I'll be quite sure this time. I love how the bunny babes are accompanied by musical stings from like a 1960s horror film. It somehow just adds to the, the tone really perfectly. In. I should think so, too. And Candy spent some time with the Ministry of Silly Walks. Candy, what do you mean by it? The bucket is empty again. Oh, Hoppity, it can't be. I did put a chimney pot in it. I know I did. Candy, if you're playing a trick on me... Well, someone's playing tricks, Hoppity, but I don't think it's Candy. Oh, you're back, are you? Where have you been for the last three and a half minutes while this debacle has played out right before your eyes? All right. Down again, Candy. Candy actually seems awake and conscious right now. It's incredible. Oh. Did you hear something, Hoppity? It sounded like a demon child burrowing into your flower bed. I don't think it was me. But there's no one here. And the narrator's quite happy to let all this chaos play out. She doesn't care. Oh, no. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Candy, 
I'm waiting for that chimney pot. I'm blind, Hoppity, blind. Now, here it comes. <laughs> Quick, look, Hoppity. It's the same thing that's happened twice before, but it's happening again. Chimney pot? It's more like a bunny, babe. And I think its name is... Kill him! Kill him! We must have blood! Kill him! Good gracious! Three of you! So that was why poor Candy had to work so hard! Candy's probably now given up and lying face down, down in a bucket of red paint at this point. Oh, oh, it's here at last! Yes, Pickle didn't have time to take it out! Well, I only hope Candy's too tired to spank you. Oh, I think we all share that hope. Go down at once, all of you! Candy, I'm going to send these... Bad bunny babes down in the bucket. Yes, it is too exciting for words, isn't it, Candy? Oh, 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 ow! Oh, I never thought I'd say this, but poor Candy. Oh, yes, you did. And now I've got one for you. Oh, good. Oh, oh. What is it? Go and stand on that wall and don't look until I say so. Jump down, Hoppity. I want to whisper. It's time to make our bunny bay problem go away permanently. <laughs> the muffled voices every time it fades to black are a particularly disconcerting thing. I also love that the bunny babes have the same glazed expression on their faces as your average Mr. On Agent. Well, we're two minutes from the end. It would be nice to get something approximating fun in here somewhere. Yes, when I say go, you just jump off the wall. And into the stump grinder. Oh, I mean, no, I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm stuck. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Me too. You played a trick on us. This has taken a dark turn that actually I'm kind of okay with. All the way home. <laughs> Down the hill. <laughs> Off you go. We can't actually push you. We'll sort of imply you to the ground. <laughs> there go the bunny babes. Round and round. Down the hill, onto the main road, into the traffic, and oh my god, Hoppity, what have you done? I wonder what mischief those bunny babes will be up to next time. Well, we'll never know, because sadly that was the only Here Comes Candy episode produced, but you can follow his further adventures in the books, and these are real titles, Candy Meets the Bunny Babes, and Candy in Bunny Babe Land, both books by author David White, so good luck seeking those out on eBay. And we miss you, Denise. Not gonna miss this incessant music. This is like composed by a mad dentist. Or the star of the Evil Dead movies. Actually, that makes a lot more sense. Well, that was Here Comes Candy, the first puppet film from Jerry Anderson's first company, Pentagon Films. In color is rather noteworthy. Are you sorry we didn't see any more of that? No, neither am I. Have I lowered the tone successfully? Yes. Yes. If you've been affected by any issues featured 
please email podcast at jerryanderson.com. And now, having gone past the randomizer, are you feeling better now, Chris, to get it out of your system? Oh, I think I'm we all didn't feeling better we? for that. No, 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 that was great fun. Thank I you. I think it's I really time enjoyed it. for our extra very special feature featuring well, our guest. an extra special guest who's hot footed straight from another event here in the Space Center and is going to join us for something of a world premiere. Is she here already or outside? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sophie Aldred. Ah, amazing. Amazing. You appeared. Thank you very much. You appeared as if by magic. Ah, Clever, yes. cleverly done. Yes, now, yes. so that's one surprise out the way. Our next is, what the devil are the three of us going to do? Well, some of you may have heard of a recently rediscovered script for one of Jerry's earliest uh, series, Four Feather Falls. It's called Dusty's Day. It was written by Nicholas Parsons, no less. Lovely, It was Nicholas. never produced or filmed, but today we have the extraordinary pleasure of bringing it to life before your clammy eyes and your clammy ears. That's an in-joke. Don't worry about that. That's something we all understand. So, do you have a script? Hey! Do you have a script? And you have a script. So, ladies and gentlemen, cast-wise, we have... Um, uh, Sophie will be playing uh, various roles. Jake. Yes. Uh, Dusty. Yes. The dog. And Mar Jones. Yes. Uh, I have the delight of playing Tex Tucker, of course, oh. as brought to life by the wonderful Nicholas Parsons and various other roles. Chris Dale will be mopping up the floor uh, with yes. the various other named roles as we go along. And uh, may I introduce over there, not Elaine, who was our wonderful assistant on the uh, podcast a few weeks ago, uh, driving the, uh, the, um, uh, the slideshow, uh, but Jamie Anderson, who will be driving uh, the, all sound effects and also narration, so we can kind of get an idea of, of the scene. Um, are we ready? Yeah, I think so. Should we go for it? Let's go for it. Let's see how this pans out. Yeah. Cue main titles. The four feathers on this hat are magic. They enable Tex Tucker's dog and horse to speak and his guns to fire without him even touching them. And now, another exciting adventure from Four Feather Falls. Hello, a bit of honky-tonk. Down the alleyway. Nearly there. Sing along if you know the words. I know some of you will. Brilliant. Brilliant. In the sheriff's office, mid-afternoon. I sure wish I had some magic guns like you, Tex. Maybe you will one day, son. I'd also like to have a dog like Dusty who can talk to me. What did you do to get him, Tex? Well, that's a long story, Jake. It was a sort of reward for something I did. Something you did? I'll say it was something, but don't forget the part... Oh, no, that's Dusty. Whoops, sorry. 
going well. No rehearsal, I have to add. Something you did. Oh. I'll say it was something, but don't forget the part I played, Tex. Yeah, sure, Dusty. Is Dusty talking to you now, Tex? Yep, he was talking. I sure wish I could hear him. It must be neat to have a dog that talks to you. It's real companionable at times. What did Dusty say just then? Oh, he was making out I couldn't do without him. Is that so? Dusty likes to think it is. What you mean, likes to think it is? Now, look here, boss. (laughs) Okay, Dusty, okay, I was only kidding. Here, Jake, will you do something for me? Go down to Mar Jones' store and get me some backy. I don't think health and safety regulations would allow me to do that nowadays, Tex. It's the 1960s, Dusty. We're oh, quite safe. that's okay then. Sure thing, Tex. Oh, and uh, take Dusty with you and buy him a biscuit. Woof, woof. Uh, and get some candy for yourself. Gee. Oh, sorry. Do that again. Oh, that's the coins. Oh, very good. Great. He gives him some money. Excellent. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Tex. Come on, Dusty. I'll race you to the store. Woof, 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 uh, they woof, look woof. real cute together. Well, I guess I'd better see to my other old pal. Oh, you needn't bother, old chap. I'm here, and I'm feeling frightfully peckish. I did ask Dusty to tell you, actually. He never said a word. He must have forgotten. The absolute bounder. Oh, really, Tex? He's utterly useless. Ah, Dusty's all right. You know he is. I know nothing of the sort. It's the last time I rely on him. Where is he now? In Marjone's store with with little Jake. Stuffing himself on biscuits, I'll be bound. In Marjone's store, in fairly close shot, we see Dusty with his feet on the counter being given a biscuit by little Jake. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) The camera immediately pulls back uh, to reveal Twink, who is about to pay Mar Jones for his groceries. Mar Jones is behind the counter, facing the camera. Galloping hooves are heard in the distance. I still say you're paying too much, or asking too much even for them beans. Now, say here, Mrs. Twink, I have told you before, and I'll tell Um, you... Gunshots in the street. Mercy me, what's that? What in the name of all glory is going on? Twink goes to the window and looks out. Jake and Dusty go to another window and do the same. Now, little Jake, you come away from that window this instant. It might be safe. The horses' hooves have stopped. (laughs) Can you see anything, Mr. Twink? Yep, some stranger on a horse. Never seen him before. Happy to never see him again, too. He looks real ordinary. Reckon he's celebrating or something. In the main street, a wild-eyed cowboy, Hickory, is on horseback, brandishing a gun and shouting. Ain't nobody alive in this two-bit town. He laughs. (laughs) And fires two shots. Oh, that was three. In the air. (laughs) Ain't nobody around to show me the way to the saloon. Uh, he looks around and his eye comes to rest on Twink at the window of Mar Jones's store. How about you, Grandpa? Hey, Grandpa, I'm talking to you. Hickory fires at the window, smashing the pane of glass. <laughs> Above Twink's head, Twink leans back. Hickory laughs. <laughs> Suffering catfish, what's his game? Where's that gun of yours, Martha Jones? I'm having no fighting in my store. Come away from those windows, all of you. 
Nobody takes a shot at Ebenezer Twink and gets away with it. I want a gun, Martha. Another shot. Another shot. Another shot. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Didn't know it was that kind That's of it. show. No. It's gone that way. Another shot. <laughs> Shatters, thank you, another pane of glass, uh, and also some articles from the store. They all back further away from the windows. Mercy me, he's going to ruin my store. Where's Tex Tucker? Why isn't that sheriff protecting decent, honest folk? During the preceding speech, uh, Dusty has crept forward to the edge of the window again and is looking out in the opposite direction to which Twink saw Hickory. He suddenly sees Tex. that dog doing? Come away from that window, Dusty. Uh, another shot is heard. There you go. Uh, uh, and and a, a grunt of pain. As Hickory's gun is shot out of his hand by Tex. They all react. Whoop, 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 whoop. <gasps> Jake oh. joins Dusty at the window and looks in the same direction. It's Tex. He shot the gun out of the man's hand with his magic guns. Gee, Tex is wonderful. You suck up. On the main street, Tex is facing Hickory, who is holding his hand in pain. What's your business in town, stranger? Come on and make it good. I ain't got no business. Just a friendly visit. It ain't very friendly to go shooting up people's homes. Oh, shucks, Sheriff. I just want someone to be pointing me out the way to the saloon. You just get down off that horse and I'll point you out the way to the jailhouse. Now, Sheriff, that ain't being very friendly neither. Do as I say or do I have to come and get you? You have to come and get me, Sheriff. (laughs) Hickory spins his horse around and tears away at full gallop. The no-good low-down rattlesnake. I'll get him. Rocky! Tex is running towards his office, shouting, Rocky! Rocky! Rocky appears around the corner from the office, his mouth full of straw. Hurry up, Rocky, we've got business. Rocky trots up to him. Really, Tex, old chap, this is too bad. I was just enjoying that excellent brand you gave me. Tex is mounting Rocky. <laughs> you really read that, yeah. <laughs> Rocky's still now? chewing. Quit um, the talk and get after that snake, and fast! What? On a full stomach. This is serious. Come on, boy. Giddy up there. Move, move. They race off. The camera travels with them, and as they pass Mar Jones's store, the camera rests on the four faces at the window and tracks in on them. Jake, Dusty, Twink, and Mar Jones are at the two windows. Gee, I hope Tex catches him. Uh, he will, son. Rocky's just about the fastest thing on four legs I ever saw. He's a thoroughbred, you know. Mar Jones. Oh. That's the wrong one. Mar Jones is busying herself tidying up the damage. That's the noise now. (laughs) Well, when he does catch him, I'll have a few things to say. Um, Uh, Oh, uh, there are more people coming into town. I ain't never seen them before. Twink joins Jake and Dusty at their window. Yep, reckon they're strangers right enough. Ain't never seen them in Four Feather Falls before. Yeah, they look peaceable enough. Now, Martha Jones, about them beans. Ebenezer Twink, I do declare. Oh, I've always wanted to say that. (laughs) (laughs) 
How can you argue about a few cents after all that's happened? I don't know. Uh, stop your wittering, woman. Here's your money. <laughs> oh. He hands over the money. Jake and Dusty are still at the window. Those two men have stopped outside the bank. Thank you, Mr. Twink. Now give me my groceries and I'll get out of here. Here they are. She gives Twink his bag and he starts to go. I don't like the look of those two men, do you, Dusty? Whoop, whoop. That was companionable, Box. Was that right? Very good. Nailed it. Excellent. I wonder what they're talking about. Outside the bank, two men, Spike Dooley and Actually, Bill Hemp, are, are seen talking secretively. Secretively. Now, act natural, Bill. Ain't no rush. Tex Tucker won't be back for quite a time. Yeah, seems Hickory done a good job. Sure did. Okay, let's go. They move to the door of the bank. Meanwhile, out on the trail, Hickory is riding hell for leather. Uh, he glances over his shoulder. He's falling for it. Ride, Sheriff, ride. He looks ahead again on another part of the trail. Tex is also riding hell for leather. We're gaining, Rocky. Keep it going, boy. Keep it going. Meanwhile, inside the bank, Jackson is behind the counter. Slim Jim is this side, signing a piece of paper. He has obviously just paid in the saloon takings. Yes, indeedy. That seems to take care of everything. Business seems pretty dandy, Jim. Pretty dandy. Is that me? Uh, can't complain, Marvin. Could be worse. Sure could be worse. It sure could. Jim turns to the voice. And that time's arrived. Reach for it and reach high. They put their hands up. I can't remember what voice I did. Oh, is this a hold up? We ain't playing games, mister. Make a move and it'll be your last. You won't get away with this. That's where you're wrong, mister. Bill, take his keys. Oh, and help yourself to that green stuff he's been hiding away. Okay, Spike. Hemp goes to Jackson and starts searching him. Wait till Tex Tucker gets here. You'll be sorry. You'll have to wait a long time. He's been taken care of. Move fast, Bill. We ain't got all day. It's now late afternoon on the trail. Hickory rides through a narrow gulch. I don't know what a gulch is. He says it's like a gully. Is that It's right? a dry riverbed, I think. There you yeah. go, dry riverbed. Uh, with a tree close to the trail and a few rocks. Tex and Rocky ride past the same tree, and, as they do, a lasso is hurled. It falls on Tex's shoulders and yanks him off Rocky, who carries on. Rocky! There we go, and goes galloping on. Tex lands with a thud and loses his hat. At the same time, a figure leaps from behind a boulder with a gun covering Tex, who is now lying on the ground. It is Big Ben. Okay, Tucker, you're covered from all angles, so don't try no funny business with their magic guns. Big Ben, what do you want? You'll find out soon enough. The camera pulls back to see Running Bear, who has just joined them. Running Bear, take away his guns and tie his hands behind his back. Mais oui. <laughs> He's, you're playing in French. I'm playing it French, okay. as opposed to playing it how it was written. Which we... Okay. okay. Uh, Running Bear looses Tex's gun, but Tex's gun belt and helps himself, oh, helps him to his feet. 
That was a mighty nice throw, running bear. Hickory now joins the group. Well, well, well. Look who's here. If it ain't the sheriff. Yeah, you've done a good job, Hickory. So, it was all a frame-up. Ah, you're quick, sheriff. Mighty quick. If you'd been a bit quicker on that horse of yours, why, you might have caught me. (laughs) I'll get you yet. Ain't a hope, sheriff. No one in Four Feather Falls suspects a thing. Back on the main street in Four Feather Falls, late evening, Dooley and Hemp are seen leaving the bank with their bags full of money. You sure you tied them up, son? Yeah, they won't get out of them knots in a hurry. Come on, let's move. Take it easy. Act natural, or somebody might suspect something. Eh, ain't nobody about to suspect. Come on. Dusty barks in the distance. <laughs> What's that? It's only a dog. Take hold of yourself. Well, it ain't barking like any normal dog. (laughs) That's not a comment. (laughs) They mount their horses. Hemp looks around as the barking starts again. Is that normal? Yes. His eye comes to rest on the window of Mar Jones's store. He sees Dusty still barking. (laughs) Hemp takes a shot. (laughs) Missing Dusty, but catching another pane of glass. What do you want to do that for? I don't like dogs, especially barking dogs. You want to set the whole place alight? Come on, let's move. Now you're talking. They gallop off. Uh, at Mar Jones's door, Jake and Dusty are near the window, but not close. Mar Jones is picking up debris. <laughs> Gee, Dusty, that was a close shave. It must have missed by only... Well, it ain't missing my china or my windows. Just wait till Jax Tucker gets back. Oh, quit your yapping, Dusty. Dusty now turns in desperation to little Jake and starts barking most animatedly at him. Jumping about on the crate near the window. Trying to indicate that he suspects something and that they must go to the bank. What's the matter, Dusty? You seem awful excited. Gee, I wish you could talk to me like you do to Tex. Do you suspect something? Dusty gives more excited barks in the hope that he is now being understood. He licks Jake's face uh, as much as to say, thank you. Then with a little urgent bark, as much as to say, follow me, he leaps through the broken window. He does seem to be trying to tell me something. Where's he gone? He looks out the window. (gasps) Gee, he's gone across to the bank. Perhaps I better go help him. I'll come back and pay you for the candy and backy, Mark Jones. I gotta go see Dusty. He goes out. Now, don't go getting into any trouble, little Jake. She moves to the window and looks after him. Boys, dogs, men... 
I wouldn't give any of them house room. Outside the bank, (laughs) dear Nicholas, outside the bank, Dusty is jumping at the doorknob and giving a few yaps. Jake runs into shot. What is it, Dusty? Do you want to go inside? Jake opens the door and they both go in. The camera tracks in after them. The place is deserted. Jake and Dusty look around. Dusty is sniffing hard. He's trying to get a scent. There we are, Dusty. It's empty. Mr. Jackson must have stepped out for a spell. But Dusty, having got a scent, makes excited whining noises. Nailing it. And goes towards the strong room door. What is it, Dusty? Can you smell something? Dusty is now scratching and whinnying at the door. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Is there something in there, Dusty? Gee, I'm scared now. Dusty jumps up at him, panting excitedly. (laughs) Ain't no good to be scared at a time like this, eh, Dusty? Must be brave like Tex Tucker. He turns the key, which is in the lock, and slowly opens the big door. Out fall the bound and gagged figures of Jackson and Slim Jim. Jim gives a yell of fright. Uh, oh, that probably should have been Jake gives the yellow fright and jumps back uh, Dusty barks excitedly <laughs> then Jake recovers himself and sees who it is he starts to untie them Mr. Jackson Jim whatever happened gee you did give me a scare Dusty is for some reason still barking excitedly <laughs> trying to indicate that he has grasped the plot <laughs> My goodness. Thank you, son. Thank you. You've done a mighty fine job. Did anyone see those two men? Well, they got away with all the money. Which way did they go? Oh, stop your yapping, dog. Someone's got to get after them. Now, where's Tex Tucker? Dusty looks helplessly at them all, then runs out of the bank to give chase. Where's he gone? Is that meant to be me? Where's he gone, Jake? <laughs> oh, oh, where has he gone? Oh, yeah. Oh, he saw the men come out of the bank. They took a shot at him. Perhaps he's going to try and pick up their trail. On the trail, dusk is falling. Dooley and Hemp are riding. Well, we're well clear of the town now. Yeah, we got to keep riding, though. We don't want to make that meeting. We want to make that meeting place before nightfall. Okay. Reckon the others will be there by now? Should be. The gang's meeting place is a small plateau with trees and scrub, etc. in front and rocks behind, and a commanding view of the trail a little below in front. Big Ben is getting off his horse uh, that he has shared with Running Bear. Poor horse. Hickory is also dismounting. Tex is on a third horse with his hands tied behind him. The magic guns are around Ben's waist. He also wears Tex's hat. Okay, this is where we meet Dooley and Hemp. Then do we move on? Depends. We can't go far with these horses. Why didn't you catch Tucker's horse, as you were told? As I said, it was too fast for me. You let me finish Tucker? Like I said, then no more trouble. (laughs) Very authentic. Thank you. No, wait till Dooley gets here. Tie him up to that tree and tie him good. As long as I got his hat, 
he can't get up to no magic tricks. Now, do like I said. Dooley won't be long. On the trail, Dooley and Hemp are riding. Only an hour to go now, by the way, just saying. Uh, ain't far now. Eh, hey, gotta hand it to you, Dooley. You sure planned this one, okay? Nah, ain't nothing to it. Ah, this is what I call a clean getaway. Ain't nobody in Four Feather Falls got a sniff of us. On the trail, Dusty is sniffing his way along, following their trail. Now, looking a little tired, Dooley and and Hemp have now arrived at the encampment. Tex is tied to a tree in a sitting position. Nope. Uh, Dooley is beside Ben. The others stand listening. Okay, we stay here the night. Then at sunup, when the horses are fresh, we move on. Anything you say, Dooley. We'll take it in turns to watch. Ben, you take the first hour, then you, Running Bear, then Hickory, then myself, and and then you, Bill. Okay, Dooley. But there ain't nothing to watch for. All we're gonna hear tonight is them night owls and coyotes. Right, you three take a break. Yeah, it's we've got two ages Two pages now. of stage directions now. Uh, the camera pans along the faces of the men listening, then pans to the distant hills from where the noise of a coyote comes. Oh! oh. Thank you. Live uh, in the studio. And we see perhaps the distant shape of a coyote. On the trail, Dusty is rather tired now, listening to the sound of the same coyote. He's a little scared, but tries to shrug it off as he continues trailing. As night falls... Uh, I haven't got nightfall, sorry. Uh, As night falls, he's still vainly trying to find the trail. He's now very nervous, and between his sniffs, we hear small whimpers. As the distant sound of the coyote grows, very good, uh, suddenly louder, Dusty becomes distinctly frightened. He looks in the direction of the noise, then he suddenly stops dead still and listens again. We now hear what Dusty has heard. Horses' hooves coming steadily towards him. He looks for cover. There's one small bush. He's now shaking all over. Dusty puts his chin on his paw to stop the noise of his jaw rattling. (laughs) The horse's hooves grow louder. Dusty is visibly shaken. Uh, And we see the horse's legs canter by. Uh, uh. There we go. Then fear suddenly seems to leave Dusty. He leaps up and barks. Ow! <laughs> the horse's legs suddenly stop and spin around, and we cut to a long shot, and we see Rocky and Dusty looking at each other. Then they rush to greet one another with happy licking of each other's faces. <laughs> this is what you paid your entrance fee for, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Two delighted and frightened friends. Then they sit and regard each other, face to face. (laughs) Dusty nods his head to Rocky, as much as to say, Have you seen Tex? Rocky shakes his head dismally. He then repeats Dusty's mime. Dusty shakes his head dismally. Dusty gets up dejectedly and starts to sniff the trail again. Rocky pulls himself up resignedly and follows. Dusty is very tired and shakes his head. He's obviously lost the trail completely. Night falls. Dusty is now on Rocky's back. Almost asleep. (laughs) 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 
Now, there's something I thought I'd never see. <laughs> How far do we have to go? Well, <laughs> Sophie, you realise a hundred cameras have just come out in this room. <laughs> Thankfully, Rocky stops. Uh, when, he's, when he hears a neigh that wakes Dusty. He's heard a horse neigh, he listens again, the neigh comes for a second time. Dusty now hears the neigh. Uh, 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 uh. Yes, he realises what it is. Rocky gives a little neigh back. There's a pause and an answering neigh comes back. Another one comes back. Neigh, neigh and thrice neigh. Yeah. Rocky creeps forward quietly. He goes behind a large boulder so that Dusty can jump off on top of it. Dusty does so and gives a little muffled bark of delight at what he sees. In the encampment, Big Ben is on guard, sitting on a rock. The others are asleep. Tex is tied in a sitting position to a tree. His hat is on the floor beside Ben. Ben looks around, then pauses as his eye lights on something. We think he has seen Dusty. He takes his rifle... Then lets it go as he decides it was nothing. Dusty jumps down from the boulder excitedly. He beckons to Rocky with a jerk of his head to follow him. They go a few paces behind a larger rock. He then indicates with a toss and a shaking of his head that he wishes Rocky to neigh loudly. Rocky nods his head in understanding and starts to neigh loudly. He receives an answering neigh. Two I, call, I call that a whinny myself. Uh, that's it's the more best I can do. Than it's true. Uh, and we see Dusty creep off around the rock. In the encampment, Big Ben reacts to the horses neighing. He's looking around trying to locate the noise that is disturbing the horses. He thinks he sees something and fires in Rocky's direction. What gives? I heard a noise. I don't hear nothing. Well, something disturbed the horses. That's them coyotes. Your nerves are playing your tricks, Big Ben. They all start to return to sleep. Could have sworn I heard something. Next time, shout when you see something. Now let us all get some sleep. He goes to lie down. As he does so, the camera follows him down, then pans round the other figures who are now motionless, one by one, and comes to rest on Tex, leaning against a tree, but now lying quietly beside him is Dusty. Dusty slowly raises himself and starts to gnaw through Tex's ropes. Ben jerks his head up at the sound of Dusty's gnawing. What's that? Dusty stops. The others sit up and listen. Ain't nothing. Ah, quit the stalling and relax. Ben here, coyote. (laughs) Yeah, it was a coyote. Okay, but it sounded mighty like something else. As they resume their sleeping positions, Dusty starts to gnaw again. We see Dusty's teeth gnawing the rope. He manages to bite through it and pulls the rope away. Tex's hand reaches down for a large stone behind him. Murderous intent. All the group are still asleep except for Ben. Tex throws the stone. It hits a rock on the other side of Ben. Ben leaps up and looks down at the trail, puzzled. Tex leaps forward and grabs his hat as he puts it on his head. Ta-da! Ben swings round and levels his gun at Tex. At the same time, there's a shot. Ooh. Ben's gun is shot out of his hand. 
The magic guns are slung at Ben's waist. One is now smoking and pointing upwards at Ben's hand. We now see Ben and the guns at his waist. Ben has an agonized look on his face. Suddenly, the other gun fires straight ahead. There's a cry of pain. <coughs> Dooley is shaking his hand from which a gun has just been shot. Tex has picked up Hickory's gun from the sleeping figure and covers the others. Okay, you're all covered. Ben, loose those guns from around your waist while you're still in one piece and make it snappy. The rest of you, on your feet. Pronto. Big Ben looses the belt. Uh, there you go. Uh, and lets the magic guns and belt fall to the ground. The others get to their feet. How did you get free? My partner set me free. Something you hadn't reckoned on, Dooley. Dusty now stands beside Tex. It's that blasted dog. I said it was no ordinary dog. You're right, partner. He is no ordinary dog. He's my pal. And Dusty, you saved my life. I'm real grateful. Oh, shucks, boss. It was nothing. Any other dog would have done the same. Mind you, uh, Rocky uh, helped. A little. Yeah, I thought I heard him out there. Better let him know we're okay. Rocky! Rocky! Yeah, boss. Come on, Rocky! It's okay! We hear a delighted neigh in the distance. Oh, it's very good. Here he comes, boss. Fine. Now, Dusty, you find some rope. We'll tie this lot up, and as soon as it's daybreak, we'll head back to Four Feather Falls. Later on the trail, Dooley, Hemp, Hickory, Big Ben and Running Bear are on horseback, riding abreast, their hands tied behind their backs. Behind them, Tex is riding on Rocky, with Dusty seated in front. Hang on, it says Dusty seated in front. Dusty's in front. Here we go. Gee, I'll be glad to be home. I feel real tuckered out. I couldn't agree more, old chap. <laughs> you really have said a mouthful. I, uh... Oh, this is weird. <laughs> I, I want to say again how mighty grateful I am to both of you. And, Dusty, I won't kid you anymore. I, I really don't know what I would have done without you. Gee, boss, I, uh... I don't know what to say. I, I, I... Oh, for God's sake, boss. Sing something. Oh. <laughs> Nothing I'd like better. Well, the camera holds on all three and then tracks in to hold on Tex and Dusty. Tex chucks Dusty under the chin. I guess that's a scratch. And the dog gives an appreciative yap. <laughs> now, Tex will be singing shortly. But that has been Dusty's Day, and you have been listening to Sophie Aldridge. The hardest working woman in showbiz. Richard James. Chris Dale. And me pressing some buttons. And now I hope that you all know the words of the final song, Two Gun Text, who do join in. There are the words. Are we ready? Oh, no, that's horses in the dirt. It'll be worth it. Here we Weather. go. 
Oh, two gun Texas, Texas is the guy with the straightest deal. But he keeps the law with the fastest draw and the nervous strongest steel. Oh, two gun Texas, Texas is a friend who'd never fail. But if you did wrong, wouldn't take him long to clap you right in jail. He's known throughout old Kansas, through every single mile, as a rootin' tootin' highfalutin' sheriff with a smile. Two-gun Texas, Texas, will never let you down. But play it bad and he'll get mad to cover your tracks from Two-gun Texas, the smartest guy in town. The smartest guy in town. just like watching it, wasn't it? Back in the day. Well done. A big, big thank you again for our special uh, return podcast guest from pod number six, I think, five. uh, Sophie Aldred, the hardest working woman in showbiz. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. It's really fun. And I do think we should give a special round of applause to the memory of the wonderful Nicholas Parsons. And also, we should mention the person who was very kind enough to share this with us, um, Mr. Carl Williams. Yeah, thank um, you, Carl. Who found this in the script archive, the personal script archive of Nicholas Parsons. Uh, including several other things uh, of both Anderson Note and across his wider career. He was very kind, very generous, very supportive throughout this whole thing. So thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. And Sophie, if you, uh, if you need to leave us, please do. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks, Great Thanks, to see you. Bye-bye, Sophie. Bye. Ah, well, that was a bit special, wasn't it? I mean, it was weird. Oh, it was weird. Oh, yeah, was it? It was I weird. Don't know. Weird but special. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever see you and Sophie Aldred riding Chris in my life. No. Now that's on our, that's on our premium uh, uh, Patreon page if you're interested. <laughs> uh, right, listen. Uh, well, we've done Fab Facts. We've done the newsy news, news, news. We've done the randomizer. And we even have even had a very special feature featuring the wonderful Sophie Aldred. We did. Uh, are we done? We don't, I mean, we've got a few minutes left if you want to have any further comments or anything. Great. I know how much you love getting in the audience. Great. Okay, now, I know a few of you also have questions that you wanted to ask. Uh, Duncan, and is Hannah here? Did you have something or not? Did you say, Hannah, that you wanted to ask a question or not? On the Facebook group. Are you ready for that now? Are you happy to, or do you want me to? Are you sure? Okay. Oh, here we go. So yeah, the um, question I asked on the podcast group was, do you think that terror in New York City could have made a perfect two-part episode? But then I don't think two-part episodes were around back when it was filmed. I think the first Anderson show to have two-parter was Space 1999, I think. So yeah, do you think Terror New York could have been a two-part episode. Chris, what do you think of that? If there was ever any candidate, that's got to be at least top five, if not the actual one. Yeah, that and Trapped in the Sky. But my first choice would be Terror in New York City. Yeah, either for a two-parter or a film. 
sorry to drag you back. But yeah, I just think it's just how it ends. I just think they were just running out of running time. Yeah, it did. does end very yeah. abruptly. Yeah, almost. I think because they were running out of time. Yeah, they put so many cool images, so many great special effects. They don't really have time to end the story. It's still a very nice ending, but it's very sudden as well. Duncan, thanks. I understand that David Graham is uh, now in, in a, a home, and I just wondered whether through, there could be an outlet uh, through fans could um, an address, that, a mailing address, mailbox or something, that people could write, uh, fans could write to him uh, on the understanding that A, that uh, they won't get a reply, but just to write to him and... Uh, I don't know whether he can, uh, how well he is, but I'm sure he would really appreciate mm. just him knowing how loved he is. Oh yeah. Um, by, uh, but obviously he wants privacy. I you don't give away the, the address of the home, but there could be an, a, a forwarding address yeah. to send. What we'll what we'll do, Duncan, is we'll have a chat with David's agent and see if there's an easy way that we can get in in touch with him on the understanding that he probably won't be able to reply. David Graham, of course, voice artist who who voiced many characters in the Anderson. World, for those of you who don't know, most notably Parker from uh, from Thunderbirds and many, many others. Any other questions from anybody in the room? Two more, yes. Um, hi, so I have been getting in space, um, not space, sorry, Fireball XL5, and I was just wondering why a day in the life of a space general was chosen to be colourised. Because um, although it's a very good episode, it's not very typical of the show, so, it's a, so I thought it might have been a, kind of an odd choice. Jamie, Chris? Chris and I just shrugged at each other. So there's <laughs> yeah, your answer. I mean, I don't know the uh, uh, legend. It was who did the. Yeah, that was 2009. Yeah. We chose, I think, the ones on the filmed in colorization or whatever it was the new um, one release. But day in the life, don't know why. Yeah, it is. It is a weird choice. I agree, but it's got yeah. some good special effects stuff at the end. But yeah, it is. It is quite odd. Jonathan, I, um, I, I, first of all, I'd like to. Uh, Thank everyone for this. This is my first podcast recording, and I've enjoyed every single minute of it. You, oh, you, thanks, Jonathan. You were, uh, this was brilliant. I'm so glad I came over here today. Uh, my question is, I'm sorry if you get, keep getting us all the time. When are we going to hear anything about Firestorm? <laughs> that, oh, it's, do you know that is my favourite question that ever gets asked. So, yeah, just to reiterate, because you can't possibly hear all the updates and news and stuff, there's a lovely thing in production called Development Hell. And Development Hell is when... When you do a, a deal to make something or get it ready for production, you sign the rights away to a controlling party for a certain amount of time for them to get something done. That amount of time could be a year, two years, five years. All I can tell you is that it is within one of those deals and that I can't do anything about it until it's out of sight. I mean, deal. it is hellishly impossible to get anything made. Do you think everything you see on TV or at the cinema is just the tip of the iceberg uh, in terms of ideas and mm. pitches and things in development? You really only see the very, very top of things that have actually got through development hell into production. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a difficult place to be. Isn't and it? Space Precinct was best part of ten years, wasn't oh, it? Worth the wait. Went, oh, of course, yes. I mean, I don't Absolutely. know if you know. Say Chris. Otherwise. I don't know if you know. Yes, go on. But I was in Space Precinct. <laughs> Were you? No. That now that that's just between you and me. Okay. Yeah. Any other questions before we wrap up? Yes. Is Ethan right? Right at the back there, just Have to be awkward. Then. Thanks, Ethan. Keep me fit. Hi guys, um, added on to just the amazing performance from uh, Four for the Falls, this question sent to all three of you. Would we be able to hear your best Mistron impressions? 
This is the voice of the Mysterons. We know you can hear us. You do a good one, Jamie. Uh, mine's best when I've got laryngitis. That's true. So I might have to, might have to come I, back another day for that one. No, but I, do, I go into... You could just go around and lick some door handles I or go, something. I go, I go into the bathroom and then I send Richard stupid, pot, uh, stupid Mysteron messages. He does. That's true. Richard James, yes. this is the voice of the Mysteron. That's why he's on block on my phone. Yes. Chris? You will pay for your unprovoked attack on our complex on Mars. Excellent. Okay. I actually find it's easier to do it, and I think this is how it was done on the show. Um, I think Donald Gray inhaled helium, and then it was pitched down. So when I've recorded it before, I've gone, this is the voice of the Mr. Hans. <laughs> and then when you pitch it down, when you pitch it down, it actually... If it's not perfect, but it's like closer than the one yeah. I just did. Uh, you, you set us the challenge. So let's hear yours. <laughs> this is the voice of the Mysterons. We know that you can hear us, Earthmen. Nice. There you go. I mean, he got a round of applause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other questions before, unfortunately, we come to the end of the podcast? Lovely Willow. Without a wig, for a change. <laughs> yes, Mine's not a question. Mine's just a big thank you to all of you guys for everything you do, for creating the most lovely fandom that I know everyone loves being in. Because most people have said that other fandoms can get a little bit nasty, and this is the nicest one in the world. So it's just a thank you to all of you for everything you do. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, Well, I mean, right back at you. We say it every week, but we couldn't do it without you. And thank you, Willow, for being the mum of the Podders. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I think it only remains to say thank you all so very much for joining us. We're going to be here for the rest of the day. <gasps> and uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's just dawned on me. Uh, and we're back again tomorrow uh, for a fab live, which is sort of like this, really, isn't it? Except uh, even less well-prepared. Yes, and but no, no, but games. Like Fab or Fib and Blankety Blank and hey. Super Magnification. Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess it's the same time and place tomorrow, is it? It is, same time, same so place. So if you're around tomorrow, come and join the queue again. It's about half past one and we'll uh, let you in and uh, you can join in the fun. Amazing. But for now? That's it. Until next time. Which will be our last audio-only podcast That's right. yeah. ever. Yes. Quite an Before event. the big move. Yes, exactly. So thank you all so very much for coming, and uh, we'll see you all again soon. Goodbye. Stage one complete. Let's go.
You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Any podcast. Wasn't it fun? Normally, that's how you end the thing. You sort of waffle, you know. No, you just want to get out of it. Okay. <laughs> no, no time for that. <laughs>